Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are naturally hairy? Which means if you see a shaved one, it means he does porn. <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Hoggy warty Hogwarts. Hello there. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Lucas Parker. And today we're going to be reading chapters 16 through 20 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. Last time. Previously, school is moving right along. Hermione helps Ron cheat his way onto the Gryffindor team because that's uh, what friends are for, I guess. Then we're treated to some stupid teenage drama bullshit. Uh, Ron wants to snog Hermione, but Hermione snogged Crumb last year, so he snogs Lavender instead, which makes Hermione revenge snog some other random asshole, and Harry wants to snog Ginny, but she's snogging Dean, so Harry goes woefully unsnogged unless he's secretly snogging his, uh, this half-blood prince fellow that he's so in love with. So, uh, you know, if you say snogging enough times, it completely loses all of you. <laughs> I was envisioning him snogging an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> uh, anyway, Harry has another wizard lesson in which uh, Harry learns that Voldemort's mom is dead, which generally takes the your mom jokes off the table, but also that Voldemort was a super creepy kid. We end with Harry taking Luna to the Slug Club Christmas party where he ducks out from some spy on Malfoy time and learns that Malfoy is up to something and maybe also Snape, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Only one way to sort this out. Harry has to kill Snape, obviously. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Problem solved. We end up right where we started. (laughs) That's right. Makes sense. Chapter 16, A Very Frosty Christmas. They've returned to the borough for Christmas break. Yeah, and Harry reports his spy findings... uh, to uh, Ron, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess Ron also gets a little bit of a reminder of all the superior Weasleys. Mm, so why is that? that? Yeah, it's just like this, like this conversation where everyone shows up and they're like, "Oh, hey, Ron," because he's back home, you know. Right. And, and all the other Weasleys are better than Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough. That sounds like such an amazing place to be at Christmas, though. Even without the magic, that just sounds like such a fun way to spend the holidays. It's true. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I. I agree. It's it's wonderful, idyllic, but also these are the kids that don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? They just you know sort of hang around and have fun all the time. But for the parents, it must be a nightmare. I mean, maybe not if you can do magic. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Except I guess Harry and Ron are allowed to do magic, right? Yeah, but the parents can—they don't have to clean anything or cook anything. They just magic it all up. That's true. They say that Mrs. Weasley's a really good cook, but like she wizards everything, right? Yeah, I've wondered about that a lot. Like, there's the one time when she's making something and like the sauce starts pouring out of the end of her wand. Like, sounds like. Did a... she make it? Like, no. is that kind of just making it? If you're just like Accio Alfredo, you know. Maybe, it, spell. maybe it, there's some muggle family somewhere that just finished cooking a delicious meal and <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they say she's a really good cook, she knows the right place to steal it from. Yeah. <laughs> the Ramses live down in the village. Uh, so, yeah, Harry tells Mr. Weasley and Lupin about Snape and Draco's conversation. 
and nobody's taking it seriously or maybe they're, it's not that they're not taking it seriously but everybody is just going falling back on well Dumbledore trusts Snape so we have to trust Dumbledore I mean Dumbledore is the smartest person that they know so I mean like I guess it makes sense that they're gonna they're gonna trust what he has to say yeah there was one thing that I thought was kind of dumb Mr. because Harry is bagging on Snape and Mr. Weasley says that it's understandable that Harry hates Snape so much because he got it from his father and from Sirius and I was like no he didn't inherit this hatred like starting from day one when this kid was 11 this professor has been such a massive asshole to him like it is mm-hmm. understandable why he doesn't like him it's not an inherited prejudice how would he inherit the prejudice when he hasn't met either of those people until he was like 15 or something yeah right? fair enough and like it's like never like he sat around like talking to his dad about how much he hated snake because yeah. yeah. he did yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i can imagine those conversations son one thing you got to know in life Fuck Snape. <laughs> if, you ever meet a, if you ever meet a person named Professor Snape, that guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about the song they're listening to together? Yeah. <laughs> By Celestina Warbeck? Yeah. Oh, come and stir my cauldron, and if you do it right, I'll boil you up some hot, strong love to keep you warm tonight. Yeah. I was uh-huh. like, this is, uh, uh-huh. song's kind of kind of raunchy, right? It is a little risque, huh? I feel like this isn't the kind of song that I want to listen to with my parents at Christmas. Well, you know Molly Weasley loves to fuck. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. she's Molly got Wattles? nine kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't she have, like, nine kids? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's a callback to the, the Scrubs podcast. Um, but she likes to bone, for sure. I mean, she must, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Lupin is there, and he's not looking so great. He's living with the werewolves, trying to bring them over to their side. And we learn about Fenrir Greyback, the, like, leader of the werewolves. And this guy sounds fucking terrifying. So, yeah. wait, are he and Lupin related? No, well... That, oh, come on. <laughs> I don't That's get it. racist. <laughs> what? What? All werewolves aren't related? <laughs> no, he made him, though. Fenrir so they are related. Fenrir him. <laughs> I mean, like, do you... Like, I know with, like, vampires, you say that the... Werewolf like, one who creates you is, like, your... Your sire. Sire, yeah. right? So does that work with werewolves, too? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. But, uh, so if this guy was born with the name Fenrir Greyback, he did not have a lot of life paths ahead of him except to become a werewolf. That's a good I mean, point. just like Remus Lupin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To learn that Remus Lupin wasn't born a werewolf <laughs> was a little astounding, actually. Yeah, it's a little on the nose there. <laughs> so Remus, the... Twin who was nursed by a wolf. Mm-hmm. Lupin, which means wolf. Huh. Right. Interesting. And he became a werewolf? Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Who would have known? Uh, yeah, his middle name is probably Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Remus Wolfie Lupin. <laughs> you know, I think it's really sweet that um, Creature sends Harry a Christmas present. You know? I know. He was thinking about it. That was a really box sweet. of maggots? <laughs> I mean, look, you, you see the kind of shit that Creature's into. This is probably something he thinks is a nice gift. Yeah, he's like, that's a tasty snack. Oh, I have a oh, box of creature. maggots. I guess I thought it was Dobby that sent that thing. No, oh, it was no, Creature. No. And I was like, what the... What the hell, Dobby? No, Dobby <laughs> sends like socks. Harry Potter socks. has angered Dobby. Yeah. <laughs> Dobby's sending a message. And then, and then Harry didn't even like really react. He's just like, oh, box of maggots. And like threw it away. I mean, compared to all the other shit they see at Hogwarts, this is probably like nothing. You know, like, true, hey, it's yeah. not a death spider. So it, it makes a lot more sense that creatures send it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dobby's, Dobby sends uh, mismatched socks, I believe. That's, that's uh, what he's going for. That's his thing. Yeah. But they're all at dinner, and Percy shows up with Rufus Scrimgeour, the the Minister of Magic. 
Yeah, right. So uh, this is this is this is kind of an, a, an uncomfortable situation because it's pretty clear because because Percy's just like not saying anything, right? Yeah, he does not want to be there. And Rufus Scrimgar is like, oh yeah, Percy just really wanted to come visit you guys, and it is very clear that this is yeah. uh, not mm-hmm. the case. He's making a play on Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. He, he is, and it's a very obvious one, too. i got to ask, though. So now that Percy's here, uh, it got me thinking. If we're ranking the Weasleys, mm-hmm. and Ron is the worst, is Percy the second worst? I mean, where does he rank in the hierarchy? Like, he's a, he's he's in the government, right? So he's got a pretty good, he's got a sweet gig. At least he can apparate. That's true. Mm. Ron can't do that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Ginny can't do that yet, that we know of. That's, she probably can. Yeah. I bet she can. Yeah. I'm sure she can. So, so we're saying Ron, Percy. No, Jimmy? Percy's worse than Ron. You think? You Which think? one would you rather hang out with? It depends on the situation. Probably Ron. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'd want to hang out with Percy. He's too much of a bureaucrat. Yeah, he's useful, I guess. You know, from a you know practical perspective. But. Maybe isn't he kind of in the outs though? Because he fucking didn't realize that his boss was like possessed last year that's true of most situations but in the wizard government that doesn't seem to be a problem because he's now like the assistant to rufus scrimgar that's true because rufus knows where all the power lies the mm-hmm. secret power yeah, yeah he's keeping that connection to arthur weasley close mm-hmm. so uh, i want to point this out because uh, you know uh harry and uh, sorry uh, rufus scrimgar is like oh let's go talk harry uh like when the minister asked harry to go for a walk Harry basically like nods down two of his buddies who are about to step in. He totally does. <laughs> this moment where the, the minister of magic, the wizard president, is like, hey, let's go talk. And like one of the friends is like, uh, and Harry's like, no, it's okay. And the other one's like, hey, it's like, no, no, it's all right. It's okay. So, and I mean, like, you, you know who's running shit here, right? It's, it's right, yeah. He gives him like the subtlest nod, like the godfather. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but I actually thought it was kind of sweet because that was um, Lupin and Mr. Weasley, I think, who are both kind of like father figures. Yeah. They just want to protect him, but Harry really holds his own. I was actually very impressed by him in this whole conversation. Oh, I know. It's so good. Like, uh, Harry plays it so cool. Like, like Scrimgower starts, like, dropping in these little hints, baiting him, but Harry is, like, on it. He knows mm-hmm. what is up, which is, you know, I mean, pretty surprising considering Yeah, way to go, Harry. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to get, yeah, Rufus Scrimgower is trying to get all this information out of Harry about what Dumbledore has been doing, and Harry just shuts him down. And then he has the audacity to say he wants Harry to publicly support the ministry. And Harry stands up and says, like, if you, like, you are just as bad as Fudge. Like, you are throwing people in jail who obviously have no business being there just so you can say you have a win. And he's talking specifically about Stan Shunpike, which I was impressed by him for doing that. I think that shows a lot of integrity. I thought that was a weird ask if you've got the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think Stan Shunpike is a Death Eater. (laughs) You think he is? (laughs) Yeah. That guy's dirty. I mean, Harry, I, I, I think it's a weird ask. Like, if you've got if you've got the Minister of Magic on 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 the on the line there, and he's basically like, "Hey, you can have anything you want," and your call is like, "Release this random guy I met twice," you know? Well, I think it's it's a bigger problem. It's such an, it's endemic of a much much larger problem that he identifies, which is that the Ministry still isn't taking the steps it needs to take against Voldemort. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, and he doesn't specifically reference her, but he was thinking about Umbridge too, and like Umbridge still has a place in there, and like fuck that noise. Yeah, like, that was why would you want to be me. a part of that? Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean like that. Honestly, for me, that was where Scrimgeour messed up because he's like, 
he the minute he mentions Umbridge, it's like the conversation goes sideways because if there is one thing Harry hates worse than defense against dark arts professor, it's defense against dark arts professor who got away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The centaurs didn't do their job. Yeah. I love it. That's good. So what do you guys think about how Dumbledore has been preventing Rufus Scrumgar from meeting with Harry? Uh, I think that it makes sense from Dumbledore's perspective, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that Harry Potter, for whatever reason, is a powerful asset, and Dumbledore is not going to let anybody else get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, Dumbledore, for whatever reason, is, is certainly protective of Harry, and... I mean, he, I'm sure he knows what Scrimgar is up to or what his intentions are. And, I mean, it seems as if Dumbledore didn't know where, how Harry would react to that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it I, turns out that the way that Harry reacts is he threatens the Prime yeah. Minister of Magic. You know, something occurred to me in the chapters we're about to go over, that there's all these parallels between Harry Potter and Tom Riddle, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And probably a regret... Of Dumbledore is that he didn't he let Tom Riddle go out and become Voldemort. Mm-hmm. So Dumbledore is is wise. He probably noticed this, and maybe one of the reasons he's keeping Harry Potter close is because he doesn't want him to become Tom Riddle. That's an interesting point. He's yeah. like, if you start you know pulling some of that Riddle stuff, then it's just you know Harry Potter doesn't make it to the medical wing next time, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't ever thought about that, but yeah. I'd like to say that I think the Half Blood Prince is Snape. Did I ever say that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. That's what I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, why do you think that? Because the Half-Blood Prince is really good at potions Mm -hmm. and magic, and Snape's really good at potions and magic, and the structure of the book seems to be indicating that that, the Half-Blood Prince is Snape, because Snape has been like a focal antagonist here. But you don't think Voldemort? No, because like Voldemort doesn't seem to have been actually that studious. Mm. Yeah. He's just like sort of a natural, yeah. Yeah. More into gathering people for power than doing academic stuff. Yeah. Mm. Although they, they do say he he graduated at the top of his class, like he aces every exam kind of thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it seems like the, just narratively, it seems like the reveal that this person that's been secretly helping you out, it's actually the teacher you hate the most, is mm-hmm. uh, high drama. So True. that's the reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll I guess you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And J.K. Rowling does not like the government. No. <laughs> no, she does not. Like every every government figure, right? Like from Fudge to to the um, what's it? I can't remember his name. Blue, uh, Crouch, Ludo Bag, Ludo Bagman, the Ludo. games. Yeah, guy. the yeah. games guy. To, and the, every single one of them is either corrupt or incompetent. Yeah, the in fact the only the only um, sympathetic government figure is Mr. Weasley, who's yeah. also corrupt. Yeah, the the teachers are largely. Uh, Competent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't any real bad teachers except for like Gilderoy Lockhart, mm-hmm. and maybe that guy who had the Dark Lord in the back of his head. <laughs> Pearl, yeah. Uh, but and but cops, on the other hand, are uh, usually a waste of time. Well, right? King, Kingsley Shacklebolt's pretty cool, right? Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's like the best of them. But you know, they like Dawlish keeps getting jinxed. Like, <laughs> yeah. <in passing. laughs> Poor guy. Tonks is Tonks is soft. well. I think for the most part, the magical law, the aurors are seen in a pretty positive light. Because you've got Kingsley, you've got Tonks. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else is an auror. Wasn't, wasn't Bone, what's her, Susan, Su- wasn't Susan Bone from, from there? Her or no? aunt was the head of the magical law enforcement, but That's she right. was murdered. 
That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a mix, but it does seem like a lot of the leaders within the ministry are yeah. incompetent or corrupt. It may just be because J.K. Rowling needs this story to be largely hinged on the actions of these teachers and students and not to have some government agency actually do its job. Yeah. That's not very totally dramatic. Right. Like they send the cops in and they arrest Voldemort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great if that were. <laughs> yeah. As, and as, as much as we love it at the end of the day, it is a kid's book about a kid. So it would sure. make sense that we focus on the I kid refuse and to the make teachers. concessions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We need Harry Potter and the order of the, bureaucracy in the inside of the Ministry of Magic. Harry Potter and the system works. <laughs> I would read the shit out of any of that. That would be great. Chapter 17, A Sluggish Memory. They return to Hogwarts after the holidays, and Harry catches up with Hermione. I want to... Uh, so, so, something happened to you that, that I just had to ask you guys about. So, we learn that paintings can get drunk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's... I wrote that down, too. They yeah. can get hungover. Yeah, so this is interesting. Does so the 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 fat lady who is their portrait portal guardian, whatever, is a an animated painting, and we, she's been throughout the books, and then she's hung over, which means that she's got like consequences for drinking. It also means that she can get drunk, and it also means that she, so they say that she got the wine from a different painting. Yeah. Does that come back? Is, I mean, yeah, is the painting gone? Did she just drink all the wine in her universe? <laughs> I mean, does she have to go find it? Does the wine maybe the wine regenerates? Do paintings regenerate? Like, yeah, yeah. does she regenerate? Like, I have how, questions. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, I think it's just a simulacrum uh, of what? Of actually, I don't know if that's the right word. I think it's they just pretend to be those things. It's it's like AI. Have you, you know? heard of the Turing test? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that would apply there, right? Yeah, right. If, if, if she passes the yeah. Turing test. If she totally yeah. passes the Turing I test. I think if, so. If she's indistinguishable from intelligence, there's no way to say that she's not an intelligent being. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think the paintings are just AI. I really do. Okay, but an AI that could get drunk. They make AI? it seem like it would get drunk. Yeah, I mean, it's just like drunk. if you're yeah. playing a video game and one of the characters says they get drunk. Okay, so it's like a fake drunk. She's not actually drunk. She's just AI drunk. Yeah, she's just going around like... Doing her right. own the, thing the within her spell, very narrow yeah. parameters. Yeah, it, it's sufficiently complex, a magic spell, that it says that one of the realistic things this person can do is get drunk sometimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And these kids just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Does, she, does she remember being drunk? I mean, she gets hung over, right? Well, remember she said the password is abstinence? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's so right. That's, I think that's a joke about how she wishes she wasn't hung over. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, we never see one of these painting people complain about being in a painting. But it's true. So it must be... Pleasant. Even or the one who is complain. getting beaten over the head by the trolls he's trying to teach to dance. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what a nightmare. Like, you're just getting beat up by trolls forever, for, you know, you, until you, the painting rots away. So, is this a thing where, like, if you're a wizard painter, there's, like, wizard painting ethics? Like, you can't paint certain things in the same way that you wouldn't design an AI that's ultimately suffering, right? Well, apparently, getting beat up by trolls is a okay. So. <laughs> that's pain, true. Painters are just basically programmers, then, right? Yeah, wizard right. programmers. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing. <laughs> I'm more confused by photographs than I am by paintings. The photographs are less sophisticated, though, right? They're they're more just like. I don't think moments. they can actually talk. That's true, but we do know that they can think. Like, remember, there's the photographs can do things. Like when the photographs hides because she's got like zits on her face and she doesn't want <sighs> Percy to see it. It's Percy's girlfriend. <laughs> and then like there's a picture that Colin Creevy takes with Harry, and he tries to dress and. Harry's picture like refuses to go into the frame. Oh yeah, 
That's yeah. true. So it's got at least some kind of personality. Yes. Lots of questions there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, Harry, Harry's catching Hermione up on his spy gossip, and mm-hmm. she's also not sold on it. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That sounds pretty far-fetched. Because mm-hmm. it is. But they get to do apparition lessons, and I'm surprised that Ron can afford them, because 12 galleons sounds like a lot. Isn't that... Le- so that's about... What, I think we decided the galleon is about 20 bucks, right? Yeah. So that's like 250 bucks. That's, yeah. That's, that's kind lot. of a lot. Yeah. But well, but Mr. Weasley got a big promotion, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I guess they're okay now. I guess they must be, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, does, he, does, he certainly doesn't complain about the, the money. He's not, not, doesn't seem concerned about it. So that's nice. Yeah, this, so this is wizard driving school, essentially, right? Yes. Except if you mess up, you end up like inside out or something. I mean, kind of the same thing happens in real driving. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's yeah. very likely that your leg will end up in a different place for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's right. Oh, mm-hmm. I like the word they use, splinching. Splinching mm-hmm. is splinched. A, a, good one. a very unpleasant word to describe a very unpleasant condition. Yes. I love that... Um, Seamus Finnegan has set lines, I'm a wizard, not a baboon brandishing a stick. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he has his next meeting with Dumbledore. Yeah, and I, I love that uh, Harry reports to Dumbledore how he told the wizard president to suck it, and Dumbledore's like, really proud of him. <laughs> He's like, oh yes, I remember the first time I told the wizard president to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, Harry, I knew I could count on you. <laughs> I thought it was very sweet when he says sweet. Dumbledore's man through and through. Yeah, and I mean, clearly that, that means something to Dumbledore, too. He gets a little, little misty-eyed. Clint, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Dumbledore doesn't take Harry's spy gossip any more seriously than anyone else. Mm-hmm. In fact, he gets a little, like, miffed at Harry for it, right? Yeah, it's like, Harry, shut the fuck up. Like, I hear what you say, I understand, and I know more than you do. Yeah. Which is something that got him into a lot of trouble in the last book when he knew, when he had information and he did not share it with Harry. So I have to wonder about that. Yeah, he, he has said that he's going to be better about that, but he's still keeping things to himself. Right. Uh, he's just a things. storyteller, right? He's, he's telling Harry everything. It's just he has to do it in these incredibly dramatic memory meetings. And, mm-hmm. and he has to, like, you know, stay tuned. Like, last time on Dumbledore's Pensieve of Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a showman. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, though, he continues with Voldemort's story. We, he talks about how Voldemort was, when he arrived at Hogwarts, he was immediately placed in Slytherin. And he found out that Salazar Slytherin was actually a parcel tongue, just like him. And he started gathering his group of people, which were the predecessors to the Death Eaters. And later became the Death Eaters. Yeah. And at some point, he learned that his father, he had to conclude, because he couldn't find his father's name, Tom Riddle, anywhere. So he had to... He kind of concluded that his dad must not have been a wizard. And that's when he drops the name Tom Riddle and becomes Lord Voldemort. <laughs> which totally sounds like something a 14-year-old would name himself. Yeah. I'm Lord Voldemort and these are my death years. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta work on my anagram, remember? <laughs> Shut up, Tom. Tom Harvlow Riddle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so bad. I am Lord Voldemort. So, do you... I thought that when you took one of these memories out of someone's head, it took it out of their head completely. I don't think so. Because well, Snape did that, remember? Oh, right, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was like, I don't want you to see my memories of me jerking it to your mom. Uh, you're right, yeah. <laughs> and he took the memories out of his head, right? Yeah, you know, you're totally right, yeah. So I was a little curious, yeah, because he, yeah, I, I was a little curious what was going on here with Dumbledore because he seems to have a copy of the memories these times. Well, maybe it's, maybe they're separate spells. Maybe you can take it out and then dupe it and then put it back in. And then it must be something like that. They don't go into it, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
But we do go into the Pensieve, and this is actually Morfin's memory. Morfin is the son of Marvelogaunt, um, and this was after Marvelo died. Sorry, it's complicated. Anyway, so we, they go into the memory, and Voldemort comes back to where Morphin is, and Morphin is his uncle, right? Because his mom is Morphin's sister, and she's dead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. But he goes to Morphin, and he gets some information, and then he fi- figured, finds out that his dad is Tom Riddle, who still lives across the way. So he goes to the Riddle's house, he murders them, which is what we learned, I think, in the fourth book in the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's he, when we hear about the murder. Yeah, so. so he goes and he murders them, comes back, modifies Morphin's memory, so he's the one who confesses, and he steals Slytherin's ring off of Morphin. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty bizarre family reunion, I gotta say. Like they're just like hissing at each other, and then they like <laughs> break out into fist fight. I guess <laughs> fist fight. I wonder if how Dumbledore got all the Parseltongue translated the first time. That's a good question. Cause, yeah, because what he sees is just a bunch of hissing. Yeah, Harry understands it. Uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe Harry is just like the first. The first person who's actually understood this change. <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore's just like, I guess they're fighting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then he hissed at him for a while. <laughs> I wonder if you can learn Parcel Tongue because we know that Dumbledore can speak like Mermish. So I wonder if you can um, learn Parcel Tongue. That's a good point. Yeah. They never talked about anyone learning Parseltongue, only it being a natural innate ability. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, Dumbledore's capable of doing a lot of random stuff. Maybe, Maybe yeah, some sort of like Google Translate yeah. spell. Maybe he's cut <laughs> up the. S- hey, Google, what does. And then, yeah, this is. I mean, ultimately, this is kind of like a whole hillbilly thing, right? He's like, oh, my inbred uncle. You know, tried to kill my dad, so I killed my dad. And then I pinned it on my in, my inbred hillbilly uncle. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like a, you know, kind of par for the course, really. Mm-hmm. Living up to his roots. Yep. Then we go into the second memory of the night, which is uh, Slughorn. <laughs> this memory is so ridiculous. <laughs> the, the memory tampering thing is like wow. Mm-hmm. They go back to a night when Tom Riddle was still a student, and he asked Slughorn about something called Horcruxes. And Slughorn, for some reason, does not want Harry, or rather Dumbledore, who took the memory, to know what exactly happened. So he modifies it, but really badly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Slughorn's good at a lot of things, but I guess Dumbledore says that he was in a rush or something. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, Harry's job is to get the actual untampered memory from Slughorn, because Dumbledore's not having any luck getting it from him. (laughs) Dumbledore knows Harry likes spying, so gonna make him go get his spy on. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, one might suspect, if one were being cynical, that this is what Dumbledore had planned all along, right? Like, the reason that Slughorn is here at the school is so he could get this memory. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah, right? right? Just, like, the, the first thing he did was get Harry Potter and put him in a room with Slughorn. Like, Harry Potter will, like, tear that guy apart. <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> will find out everything that guy knows. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if Slughorn has knowledge about... Voldemort, which could be potentially dangerous to himself, which it seems like it is because Slughorn has been moving around a lot. Like, it makes sense to keep him under his protection at Hogwarts. True. Chapter 18, Birthday Surprises. We get a potions lesson 
a lesson on how to create antidotes for poisons. So, can I say, I'm actually pretty proud that I was able to follow everything that Slughorn was saying in his class. Like, he was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Like, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you would be so good at potions, my dad. I'd love wizard school. I would, I would be so good at wizard school. Uh-huh. Micah, maybe you're the half-blood prince. I probably am. You could be. Wait, which half? half-blood? Yeah, I mean, you're not, the, you're not pure. I mean, Come the, on. The, the, bottom, <laughs> the bottom half. <laughs> Because, you know, the wand. Mm, gross. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, yeah the, the wand is my peen. That's, that's, Wait. No. I don't Send know. your but comments to you. hello at mwapodcast.com. <laughs> Let's talk about Micah's magic wand. <laughs> but in Harry's, Harry's textbook, uh, where it talks about creating these antidotes, it's very complicated, apparently. But the half-prince just wrote, just shove a bezoar down their throats. Which is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Which I is mean, a real thing. Not well, like... It doesn't cure all magical poisons. No. It's, well, ju- it's just like a rock that a goat hawked up. That's right. <laughs> it's actually a massive uh, hair, I believe, right? It's not a rock. It's like... Well, it's, it's, it's minerals. Is that uh, what it is? I thought it was something that... I think it's the minerals from the hair. Like, like in the digestion, there's things that don't digest and sometimes they accrete. And, and it's like a sedimentary rock, so it's, it, it's effectively a rock, although it's not actually a rock. Yeah. But this is something she didn't make up. This was something she actually borrowed, right? Like, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre is a real thing. Bizarre. And yeah. they, are, they have their own uh, mythology associated with them mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, so so yeah, Harry uses this Bezoar note to like ace the class, despite the fact that he has no idea what the fuck he's this doing. This is so uh-huh. BS. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Malfoy's in the class right now, but I'm on his side, 100. <laughs> percent Harry Potter did not do the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hermione too, right? She she's like working really hard, and she and she's like she does a solid job, and Slughorn's like, oh, good job, Hermione. Oh, Harry, what is this bu- this bullshit you've done? He's I like, he's, he's like, it's totally the jock, right? The captain of the Quidditch team, like, well, why don't you just slap him in the face and then the, that'll make it better? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and the teacher's like, you're so funny. A plus, plus, plus. I know. No, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then, then Harry's like all like full of himself because he, you know, he came up with this snarky answer. So he's just like, he's going to go for this Horcrux thing. I was just like, Dude, I love this. This, Be is, a little more subtle. this is the Harry Potter plan. <laughs> yeah, subtlety is not this kid's forte. <laughs> He's like, so how about Horcruxes? And Slughorn's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and it's like, did, did Dumbledore send you? And he's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't go super well. <laughs> come on, Harry. Shockingly. Like, what, what Dumbledore really meant was get Hermione to come up with a plan. <laughs> Because remember, Dumbledore's been saying, be sure to talk to your friends about this. Because <laughs> he knows. Dumbledore knows. They're uh, trustworthy. Yeah. That's yeah. why I want them to know. That's right. Not because they're the brain trust. Yeah. They have their apparition lessons, during which, we find, during which Harry finds out that Malfoy is using Crab and Goyle as lookouts. So I'm kind of sympathetic to Harry. Like, I'm kind of more on his side here. Like... Malfoy is obviously up to something. Yeah, but like he's always up to something. That doesn't mean he's like yeah. working for the Dark Lord. I mean, you know who else is up to something? Harry Potter. That's like, true. Everybody, like half the people in here probably have some magical plot that they're working on. <laughs> it's just like point. it's part of the thing at Hogsworth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but the, this, uh, so I know Jeff mentioned this earlier, but this, uh, I, I did not expect, I, I forgot that this goes in like a weird body horror direction. It like does. when they. <laughs> Like you, if you if you splint yourself, which is apparently really easy to do because people keep doing it, 
uh, it separates a part of your body from your body and apparently it doesn't feel very good because she was just screaming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just screaming and screaming. I, I, I would like to know what it looked like. Yeah. Like, do you see the, the, does blood shoot out everywhere or... That's a good question. Does the blood keep getting transferred through the gap somehow by, by magic? But what do you see when you look at the, the stump? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty horrifying. And I, I, honestly, I think if I were a wizard student, I'd be like, you know what, I think I'm not going to do this apparition thing. <laughs> I'm going to pass on it. You know what, brooms are great, you know, <laughs> yeah. flying by flying on brooms, mm -hmm. super great. When something even gives student, Hogwarts students pause. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when bad. every day is dealing with horrific things. That's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is one of those uh, like scared straight things, you know? They know the kids will abuse apparitions, so they bring in this teacher to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> and he, he teaches them to tear themselves apart. Like, that's what happens when you try and apparate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you try and apparate inside the school, sometimes your arm ends up with your butt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty bad, it's pretty bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. flash forward to Ron's birthday oh I want before that though uh, Harry's got a new spying trick which is using the Marauders map to spy on someone else who is up to no good which I have to say his father would be really disappointed in him because that is like the exact opposite of the purpose of the Marauders map mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in fact in order to use it you have to say I solemnly swear I'm up to no good Harry is like doing yeah, the total opposite. He's up to strictly good right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he broke an oath. So <laughs> yeah. He out. broke an oath to his dead father. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> Dark. Anyway, sorry, that's all. <laughs> Ron's birthday, he's opening his presents and he starts acting super weird. I know. So Ron essentially catches a love potion that's meant for Harry. This is pretty fucked up, right? Like the way, like yeah. seeing his reaction to this. All this tells me is like this love potion thing should be super illegal in the wizarding world. Right. Like mm -hmm. you should get said Romilda Vane should be sent to Azkaban for that shit. Like yeah. Yeah. that is predatory. It no kidding. Horrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in order to try to counteract that and get it or whatever, Harry has to take decides which I think is a pretty smart move. He takes Ron to Slughorn to get help. Oh, and I gotta say, Harry does a terrible job running interf running interference for his bro because they run into Lavender in the hall, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, "What's wrong?" And Harry's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> take it up with Ron." <laughs> no, like, oh, he's drugged. Something's wrong with him. It's just like, I don't know what's up with him. Yeah, Ron's like, "I don't love you anymore, babe. I love this other chick now." And Harry's like, "No, man, said what man said." I mean, Dude, tough break, toots. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I, I don't think Lavender would have been much of a help if he had tried to explain what was going on. No, She seems a little hysterical. True. No, yeah, true. but he, he could have covered. Yeah. He could have tried. Yeah. He, he definitely got Ron in trouble here. <laughs> I think he was doing his best. <laughs> I suppose so. Wait, I, I, okay, hold on. I know this is like, we're, we're past this, but why did Harry keep those cauldron, those chocolate things when Harry, when Hermione told him they were drugged, right? right? Why did he not throw them away? That's just a problem. Uh, like, it's a liability what here. was he gonna do with them like was he keeping them for something was this a was this a plan feed, feed them to voldemort uh, oh. <laughs> uh, wait uh, uh, that'd be well, yeah. but the, but that's the thing like love beats voldemort right what if voldemort fell in love oh. he'd melt or something yeah oh that's true huh. i thought maybe it was a trap for malfoy he was gonna like throw some chocolate cauldrons but slughorn brews the antidote for ron and, and then breaks out the booze. Wizard right. school is clearly different from muggle school in a lot of ways. He's like, whatever, it's Saturday morning. Time it's to drink. Yeah. You never had a teacher get a bottle of tequila out of the bottom drawer of their desk? And... 
I mean, Not I've never school. had your dad Pour as my your two teacher, fingers. so <laughs> that's the sort of thing I could totally see your dad doing. Um, yeah, it would be James then. If he's, a, he's a professor, everybody, by the way. He's not like a K-12 teacher getting his <laughs> students drunk. Yeah, if I, if I were in high school and a teacher broke out a bottle of booze, I'd probably be like, I don't know about that. Okay, well, Alice, enlighten us. How many of those teachers had bottles of booze in their desk? I mean, we usually saved it for after 2.45 when school ended. <laughs> but you're not, you're not getting the sun drunk. 2.45, the sun's over the yard yeah. on the trail. It's 2.45 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pull it out. I mean, it is well known that kindergarten teachers are like the biggest partiers. Really? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I've tried. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but they're drinking, they say to drink some of the mead that Slughorn meant to give Dumbledore for Christmas, which is, might be relevant or not, significant or not. Yeah. And Ron is horribly poisoned by it. So, I feel like hanging out near Harry Potter is getting to be a bit of a liability. Yeah, I, I wrote down that, that this is Ron Weasley's purpose. He's there to take bullets for Harry Potter. So, he's, he's literally his poison taster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, it wasn't just Ron, though. So, first it was, was it, what's her name, Katie? Katie Bell. Katie mm-hmm. Bell catches the, the necklace that was probably meant for Harry or something. And now, Ron's... Twice caught drugs or poisons that were meant for hair. It's just yeah. I, I, if you're if you're Ron Weasley, at some point you got to think to yourself, maybe I should quit tasting things that are meant for hair. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was meant well, for Harry though, because it said because Slughorn was supposed to give it to Dumbledore, and why would Slughorn? Why would anybody think Slughorn would be feeding that mead to Harry instead? Like this was a. A rather unusual occurrence. Yeah, it seemed to me like it was meant for Dumbledore. Do we trust Slughorn? I mean, like, he was was potentially a a recruit for Voldemort, right? Maybe he actually got recruited. I don't think so, because he kept running around and hiding. Could be, but I think he would have done a better job of poisoning Harry if that's what he wanted to do. That's a good point. He could have had Um, plenty of opportunities. I'd also like to point out that Harry did not give those chocolates to Ron. Harry literally threw them on the ground, Uh and then Ron found some ground chocolates and started eating them. I, I, I think Harry is Ron. in the clear here. I, I was going to say, in Ron's defense, really? if I found chocolates on the ground, I'd probably... <laughs> I mean, they're still in the box, probably. Right? Probably. It's like, oh, chocolates. <laughs> Look around, nobody claiming them. All right, they're my chocolates now. <laughs> Those are my ground chocolates. <laughs> my floor chocolate. But Harry, thankfully, thinks fast and uses the Bezor. That's right, yeah. The one that, I guess... He handed to Slughorn previously, happens to have ended up in Slughorn's uh, potion kit. Well, no, I think he goes because. Oh wait, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he says like he's like going through his thing and finds the one from earlier. He says something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank God. Yeah. It'd be awfully sad if Ron all of a sudden died. Well, I mean, that's what. I mean, he is the worst <laughs> Weasley, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter nineteen: Elf Tales. So, Ron's okay. He's in the hospital, but he's okay. I love this part where Fred and George are lamenting the loss of business opportunities if this lockdown continues. Uh I was like, huh, interesting. Right. (laughs) Nobody can go to the pedophile village right now. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Hogsmeade is is uh, is shut down, and I guess Fred and George were going to buy Zonkos, so. Which makes sense. That's nice. They're expanding their empire. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I still have to wonder, though, like, these kids only get to go into Hogsmeade a handful of times a year, right? Sure. So, is that really enough to keep businesses going? I mean, Zonko's is there, right? Well, people live there. There's got to be some kind of industry there. Mm-hmm. True. People live there, and I 
think that there's a decent amount of tourism going through, I mm. think. I assume that Hogsmeade is largely built on contraband flowing into and out of Hogwarts. Yeah, and that's, so, they, so it's good for them to have an outpost because contraband flowing into and out like, of Hogwarts is like their I mean, where did, where did, uh, bread and butter. Where did Hagrid find that dragon egg, right? Uh-huh. In Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Yeah, like, yeah, There's all kinds of stuff going through there. All those love potions that Ramil Devane and the others are using, those all came from Weasley's Wizarding Weezes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's right. True. Hermione and Harry uh, run into Hagrid and they find out from Hagrid, who's the worst secret keeper ever, <laughs> that Snape and Dumbledore have been fighting. Speaking of Hagrid, I have to, I have to point this out. Uh, Rowling really likes using dolphins to describe Hagrid's feet. Yeah, I noticed that too. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. It's just it's a weird thing. Like uh, When he walks in, let's see. Hagrid came striding toward them, his hair rain-flecked, his bearskin coat flapping behind him, a crossbow in his hand, leaving a trail of muddy, dolphin-sized footprints all over the floor. <laughs> that is a weird one. Oddly so. specific. Maybe yeah. his feet go, <laughs> when he walks. <laughs> I think dolphins are like eight feet long, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty big. Mm. I just, yeah, and this is not the first time she's used dolphins to describe his feet. I think she's set his, she's described his feet as dolphin-like, at least on two different occasions. Yeah. I just wonder what it's about. It's a weird. It's a weird choice. It is a weird choice. We haven't gotten a whole lot of Hagrid this book, which is a bummer. Well, it's because they stopped taking his class. I know. Dicks. I know. But I like Hagrid. I do too. I I would take his class. Mm-hmm. But Cormac McLaggen is unfortunately going to have to replace Ron as the keeper on the Quidditch team while Ron is incapacitated. He's the one poisoning people. Oh man, right? He's the, he's the one who's who's benefited most from this. Yeah, mm-hmm. McLaggen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who happens to be McLagan's romantic rival? One Ron Weasley. Oh, that's right. That's right oh, for Hermione. Man. Double mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Oh, rough. But oh, so Miss we- Mrs. Weasley also shows up, and she makes a really great point. At this point, Harry has saved like half the Weasley family. <laughs> yeah, like they owe him some some big favors, right? And if there's a family you want to have owing you favors, it's the Weasleys. That's true. right. Yeah. True. That's right. Flash to the Quidditch match against Hufflepuff and McLagan is the worst god I was getting so mad just reading about him he's like lecturing all the other players and not doing his job yeah I don't know much about sports but I'm pretty sure that this McLagan guy is like the worst person to have on your team right mm-hmm. he's like trying to boss around and coach the other players while Harry is right there yeah, it seems like locker room poison as they say yeah is, is this a is this a sports trope Jeff do, that you know of what a diva like a guy that that can't play well with others yeah yeah Mm-hmm. But it's true of every organized endeavor, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that Hermione totally broke all the rules so that he couldn't be on the team. Yeah, because, I mean, he's, he's terrible, yeah. So about that. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Hermione sometimes uses magic to adjust the outcomes of these Quidditch matches. Oh, yeah, of mm-hmm. course. And it just so happens that Harry Potter has won a lot of Quidditch matches at the last minute. Through strokes of luck. Uh-huh. That's a good point. Wait, wait. Strokes of luck. I mean... Strokes of luck. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Put, the look, put luck in quotes. And Hermione has almost always been there in the audience, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Always, Always. Right? I think she always attends the games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's true. Yeah, it's really interesting. Makes you wonder maybe Harry Potter isn't actually that good <laughs> at this game that he had never played before he picked up a broom the first time. Oh, man. Could be. Who maybe, knows? Maybe he's just got Hermione, like, backing up. She she does a lot for Harry and Ron. Like, a lot, right? I Absolutely. don't think they would have been able to pass at Hogwarts if it wasn't for her. 
don't think so. I, I think they would have just developed some studying skills <laughs> and they would have been fine. Uh-huh. So really... But they're just totally lazy. Well, they're dependent on Hermione, which is exactly what... I mean, that works in her favor, right? Mm-hmm. Having yeah, to see people true. Who yeah. need her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The... the Scion of the crim- of the crime family and the the rich famous guy, the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it, at one point the Weasleys think how lucky it was that Harry happened to sit in in Ron's compartment that first train ride to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But you know Hermione doesn't rely on luck. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Hermione <laughs> ended up in that compartment as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. she knew what was up. Mm-hmm. It's a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. But. Because McLagan is the worst, Harry gets smacked and goes to the hospital. His home away from home. I know. It's been a while since he's been there, huh? So this is this this is another evidence, in my opinion, that uh, McLagan is the one taking people out on the Quidditch oh, team. Yeah. Because he, he, he smacked a bludger straight at Harry Potter and put him in the hospital. He wants to be captain, right? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting rid of everybody that's in the way. That's mm-hmm. right. It's almost a Harry Potter-esque move. <laughs> <laughs> Harry sets Dobby and Creature on tailing Malfoy. Oh, this is such a bad idea. I uh, know. Okay, well, for, so so we have Creature who fucking hates him and likes Malfoy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Dobby who is not the most competent of assistants. You know, yeah. I mean, like he's he his heart's in the right place, but he's like all over the place. He's a wild card, right? Yeah, he makes questionable tactical decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I, I don't know how this isn't going to just uh, blow up in his face. I, I can, Dobby's going to be like, I just break Malfoy's back, and then it goes nowhere. Then I know exactly where he is. <laughs> <laughs> I did Mr. Potter a favor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. If I, kill, if I kill Malfoy, then he won't, then yeah. he won't get up to no good no He's more. Same this will be forever. <laughs> I'll put Malfoy's corpse on, Ma- on Master's bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did just like you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it, it's it's funny because you know he he gives him some instructions, and then he even has like a he he gives him some like colloquial instructions. What is it? Oh yeah, just stick to Malfoy like a couple of work plasters. It's like these are not people that you yeah. want to give like metaphorical instructions to. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that, <sighs> yeah. This, this is this is this is such a bad idea. This is a very bad. Idea. We will see how that turns out. Yeah. Chapter 20, Lord Voldemort's Request. He's released from the hospital and has his next meeting with Dumbledore. Yeah, so I want to say, on the bright side, nearly dying has made the gang get over their dumb drama. Everyone's everyone's friends again. Yay! Mm-hmm. Which I'm very happy about, because I hate that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not yep. talking to each other's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry has failed to get Slughorn's memory, which Dumbledore asked for. Which oh, man. is a very awkward... Yeah, See. Dumbledore really leans on him, but let's be honest, he didn't actually try that hard to get that memory that Dumbledore asked him to get. Hey, you remember that time he like waited after class and was like, why don't you tell me about that memory? Yeah. And that took a lot of planning and effort, I can I, tell. I love the way that Dumbledore puts it to him, too. He's like, I don't I don't remember exactly what he says, but something along the lines of, so you... Uh, you did every bit of... You used every bit of your cunning and ingenuity to try and solve this problem, and Harry's like... Yeah. <laughs> what did Dumbledore expect, right? Harry Potter is is a dumb fire, right? He he like he's not even a heat seeker, right? He he goes straight at the target and destroys it. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he, Dumbledore expected Harry to ask Hermione to help him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But Dumbledore is not up to date on all the drama. Right, right. Mm-hmm. He's like, so what did Hermione say you should do? <laughs> but he shares more information about Voldemort. We learned that after he left Hogwarts, um, Voldemort tried to stay at Hogwarts as a teacher, but the headmaster at the time thought he was too young because yeah. he was 18. And, and apparently Dumbledore advised him against it, which I thought was very interesting because Voldemort recognized that working at Hogwarts would put him in a position of just a huge amount of power and influence shaping mm-hmm. and recruiting the Wizards of Tomorrow. And Dumbledore was like, yeah. no. Sorry. Step off. Seat's taken. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Seems like Dumbledore uh, had realized that as well. I was like, no, sorry, man. Go, go find your own gig. And this also helps explain why there is there are such differences in be- between quality professors and not quality professors at Hogwarts. There's no like teacher licensing or exams or anything like that. It's just like you go ask the headmaster, hey, can I work for you? And the headmaster's like, eh, okay. Yep. But so because he can't get a job at Hogwarts, he goes back to work at Borgen and Burks, which is that dark magic shop that keeps popping up that like Malfoy went into. And that's where they got the cursed necklace that hurt Katie Bell. Yeah, apparently he's some sort of procurer for that. So are these things not illegal? That's a great question. They Mm -hmm. are, uh, they are, I, I assume that not all of them are illegal, but probably the things... Probably some of the things that are, there are illegal, but maybe not well documented or labeled. Mm-hmm. Like you don't say, "Oh, this is a cursed necklace that'll kill you." You say, "This is a, a necklace of mysterious power that's very expensive and I'll only sell to somebody." <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised that the ministry is not all over this because this is clearly where this necklace came from, right? Like yeah. everyone knows that. So I guess it's not illegal in that case, right? Yeah. Maybe you're allowed to own things like that as I mean, it curiosities. Was, it, it appears to have been on display, right? Yeah. It oh, was. that's a good point. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, like maybe maybe it's okay to own those things as long as you don't hand them to a muggle or something, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Voldemort's job there is to persuade wizards to give up their various treasures. Yeah, and uh, we assume that persuade involves uh, some evil magic on his part. Probably. Because yeah. he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. We go into our next memory, which is a house elf named Hokey who belonged to an old rich witch named Hepzibah Smith. <laughs> Hebsibah. 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 I'm bringing it back. I'm naming my next kid that. That's a good name. Hebsibah. Yes, Smith. (laughs) (laughs) And we go into the memory and uh, Voldemort shows up and Hebsibah shows Voldemort a a couple of treasures that she has. She has Helga Hufflepuff's cup and also, and once we find out, it's like, all right, goodbye, Hebsibah. She also owned Slytherin's locket that um, Voldemort's mother had sold out of desperation right before she died. Oh, that's real bad news for Hepzibah. Mm -hmm. As soon as as I saw that come out, I was like, well, I guess we know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, she died a couple of days later after her meeting with Voldemort. And then then these things were, of course, missing. Yeah, and and it sounds almost as if people kind of suspected he was involved because I I think they said that once they realized things were missing... Right after this person came, they went to the the shop owners and they were like, oh, sorry, he skedaddled and nobody went. He just he basically disappeared. Right. He managed to pin it on Hokey, the, the house elf, as it having been an accident. But yes, it was extremely suspicious. Yeah. Then we I, go... I wish I could make my eyes glow red like Voldemort does. I was trying to... So this is, is so a, cool. Is this a metaphorical thing or is are his eyes literally glowing because there's like a I, red I think, glint? I think they literally do because the Hepzibah sees it. 
and she gets kind of freaked out by it. I wonder why that is. Yeah. Why did his eyes glow red? I mean, she doesn't follow up on it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably just a trick of the light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That'd be so cool, though, to make your eyes glow. Yep. Ding. You read Go in the dark. Go to bed. Or, you know, read in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. red lights don't uh, mess up your night vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, bye-bye, Hebzibah. Yep. It was nice to have known you, Hebzibah. Yeah. I hope we learn more about Hebzibah later. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just fucking love that name. <laughs> well, now you'll never get to say it again. She's super dead. I know. Yeah. If I have another cat, I'm going to name it Hebzibah. Hebzibah. It's hard to say, but it's a good name. It is a good name. Hebzibah. What do you... Wait, what's well, you oh, for short, you call her Hepsi. Or just... It's the thing you don't want. (laughs) We go into, and then we go into the next memory, which is Dumbledore from about 10 years after this memory had occurred. So Voldemort was a little older and he returns to Hogwarts and Dumbledore is now the headmaster and he's asking for the defense against the Dark Arts job. This is a very interesting face-off because I think this is one of the very few times that we see Dumbledore at, like, in a serious mode. You know, like, he tends to, he tends towards whimsical or... In, in conversation, he tends to kind of be a little silly, but like in this, he is not at all. He is like very to the point. Yeah, he he recognizes that Voldemort has really um, started doing a lot of really evil things. Yeah, I think it's. Pretty, I think this is a, a really seeing the side of old. Sorry, seeing the side of Dumbledore is very interesting to me. What did you think about the scene, Jeff? Uh, I thought it was well. It was kind of cool. I liked the the tenseness. That that was all pretty well rendered, but. I thought it was a little little silly that Dumbledore just knows everything that Voldemort is doing already. He's like, oh, I, I know you don't want to be a teacher. I know you just want something here. And you know that I know that you don't really want to be a teacher. And I know that you've got your buddies waiting for you in Hogsmeade, too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not explained how Dumbledore knows all this stuff. It's just like Dumbledore sh- being magical and amazing. And it doesn't really make sense to me. I also found the writing a little weird in this chapter because there would be this... There'd be this, this this interesting little transition where Dumbledore says, basically, like, no, I, I know that you're bullshitting me, Voldemort. And then, like, Voldemort, like, his demeanor changes, right? Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden, like, he's, he's not ingratiating anymore. And then she actually writes a paragraph saying, well, Harry realized that, Dumbledore, that what had been implicit became explicit. And now, now Voldemort was pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already there on the page. Why are you telling me what just happened? Explaining it well, all out. Well, it's from Harry Potter's point of view. Yeah, but, like, the way this would work better, in my opinion, is Harry Potter doesn't catch these subtleties at all, right? Yeah. Like, we just see, like, the, the, the transition in, in Voldemort's demeanor. It's all right there. Like, it's already written. Yeah. hmm Well, so I, I, uh, going back to the first thing you said, I think we do know why Dumbledore knows what's going on. He's reading Voldemort's mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's reading people's mind all the time. But it, isn't Voldemort immune to that or something? Uh, he, he becomes really good at Occlumency. Dumbledore's legitimacy. It's, it's possible this was pre-Occlumency skill. Oh, okay. Maybe this is why he learned it? Yeah, could be. I mean, it's... So this is Dumbledore just, Dumbledore just fucking with him by, by saying his own thoughts back to him? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, also, and we, we do know that Dumbledore has his spies in Hogsmeade, which makes sense. Because Dumbledore has, says that the the local innkeeper or barman or something is reporting yeah. back to him whenever but Voldemort shows up in the village. Even that doesn't make like a whole lot of sense. Because like, how did he do that? How did he communicate that to Dumbledore to this point, like before the meeting with Voldemort? Mm. Could have sent a Patronus. Could have sent an owl. I guess it could. It just felt a little like 
anti uh, anticlimactic, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dumbledore just already he's perfect and amazing, and he already knows everything that Voldemort's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would I don't think it would be out of character for Dumbledore to be watching Voldemort all the time at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they, they want to just like do something about it. Yeah, that, that he's is, already murdered at least two people that Voldemort knows about. Sorry, I, that Dumbledore knows about. I do actually wonder about that because I think you're. Well, I don't think he knew about the murders yet because I think that's something mm-hmm. he uncovers later. But I think he does know that Voldemort's doing bad things, and I do wonder why Dumbledore doesn't step in here and now. Yeah, that's a good question. He says in the times past when I could when I could keep you in line. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if. Dumbledore wishes he had, you know, like this is a, way, a moment when he like he remembers it so well because it's like this is I could have stopped all of this if I had just shot him in the face right now. Maybe, but he doesn't. I don't think he has concrete evidence though. He says something along the lines of like I would be sorry to believe half of the stories I've heard about you. True. I don't know. Yeah. We do learn one concrete fact, and that is that uh, there's a literal curse on the defense against the dark arts professor position. <laughs> Uh, because on the, the day that this happened, Harry Potter was conceived. That's actually the same moment. Yeah. I don't think that's true <laughs> at all. After, true. after Dumbledore turn, uh, says no to Voldemort, the very mm-hmm. next day. Right, yeah. That yeah. The curse went into Harry Potter's mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Harry Potter is, is yeah. yeah. That's right. Joking aside, though, I was surprised I hadn't remembered that from what I'd read this previously. Because this had still happened quite a long time ago. Harry notes that Dumbledore looks significantly younger. Yeah. Um, so this was a while back, so I didn't realize that they'd been having trouble filling the position for so long. That literally every single year, not even starting with Harry... Um, the defense against arts arts position would have to be filled again every year. Yeah, it's, I mean that's. I know it's meant to be a little silly, but after five years of that, people are starting to get wary of taking this job. Uh-huh. Yes. But after like fifty years of that, what the heck? Who takes this job? <laughs> I wonder yes. if that's a mistake, though, because in I, I'd have to go back and look, but in the very first Harry Potter, don't they say something about how like. Somebody was finally retiring, so Quirrell got to take over? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and check it. I know that I thought Quirrell had been the in the position previously, had left and then come back. I don't think so. No? I think it was his first time teaching it. I okay. think. I'll have to go back and look. That might be. I know that Quirrell was new at that right. point, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we should check that. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. Or if, you know. If, since we're lazy, if anybody wants to let us know, you can email us at hello at mwapodcast.com. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We do love hearing from you. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Next time we're going to be reading chapters 21 through 25 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. And if you have a question for us, we might even answer it on air. Please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. If you're a fan of The Wheel of Time, you can check out our other uh, podcast, The Dragon Reread. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.